I'm putting everyone on mute. Please don't take yourself off of mute right now. Um, and we're doing this just so that we could manage the class um, without interruptions. Okay. So here we go. Yeah, they can unmute themselves. Okay. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. Um, hi, Mr. Almotsen. This is my wife, Hindi. Uh, Hindi is a licensed social worker, and oh, she will be sharing some thoughts in just a moment. I uh, just want to thank you all for joining us right now. It is wonderful to see all of you and to be together in this way, even though we're not physically together. We know this Pesach is certainly going to be a Pesach where we don't have to ask the Manishtana. There are, the differences are glaring. We are all going to be experiencing a very, very different Pesach, uh, very different than any of us have ever experienced before. Some of us will be all alone. Some of us will be with just a spouse or just a friend. Some of us will not be with family members that we normally celebrate with. And I, I want to acknowledge that there are many different types of solo and small seders that will be taking place. And all of us are grappling with what that's going to look like for us. So uh, my wife and I will both be sharing different ideas. Some of them will be relevant to you. Some of them may be relevant to others. And some of you may have friends or family that are going to be on their own. Some of these ideas are going to be relevant to them as well. I also want to clarify that today's class, this morning's class, is all about, uh, is going to be focused on, again, making a solo or small seder. Later tonight at 9 p.m., and it'll be shared on Facebook, um, there will be a, 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 a class which will be dubbed DIY, do-yourself creative seders. And that's going to be much more focused on people who are perhaps doing a seder for the first time or not the first time, but more family-centric um, for those of you who want to join for that as well. And with that, I'm going to hand things over to my wife, to Rebetzin Hindi Motsin, uh, who is a licensed social worker. She's going to share some ideas from a, me a mental health perspective, and we are, then I'll be sharing some other ideas for your Seder. Here she is. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for taking time and joining us this morning. Not used to this format, so we'll have to bear with me as we, as we do this. Um, I wanted to talk about, like my husband just mentioned, the mental health part of this. And I think that can relate to all of us, whether we're going to be at a very small seder or alone by ourselves. This has been trying, I think, for all of us. And so some of these tips are kind of general and some specific to being um, alone for the seder. So I really want to touch upon three main points. And the first of those points um, is a very important one. This is a nice social work term, but it's called validation. And that is that we, on any given moment, any given day, any given hour, have a fluctuation of many different feelings that we are, have been feeling. And some of those feelings, we might wake up and feel great, feel excited at the start of the new day, feel energized, feel like we're looking forward to maybe something specific that day. And even within that hour, our mood could fluctuate to feeling anxiety about what's going on, to feeling scared, to feeling disappointed that the things that we were looking forward to are no longer going to be happening, that our normal routine has been totally shattered and, and really displaced. And so um, I think the most important thing to start with is really to Give yourself room to be able to feel all of those different feelings from moment to moment, from day to day, and to recognize that 
every single emotion that we have, whether it's a positive emotion or a negative emotion, is normal. It makes sense. This is an unprecedented time. This is something we've never experienced before. And this is, in fact, quite difficult. So to, number one, validate and allow yourself to feel all the different feelings that we are experiencing. And also to note that it's normal for it to fluctuate between having a great minute, a great hour, a great day, to then feeling down or feeling disappointed, angry, frustrated, scared. Um, All of these feelings are real. They all make a ton of sense given the situation. And it's important for us to say, that's okay. That's okay that I'm experiencing it. Um, And also recognizing that it's not all or nothing. Because one day I had a very down day where I was feeling like, how am I going to get through this? And what am I going to do? That doesn't mean I'm stuck in that emotion either. I can fluctuate to the next hour to feeling better or next morning trying to wake up to feel more positive or more hopeful. So number one is really just validating and allowing ourselves to say this is normal. This is okay to feel all these emotions. Um, The second idea is also recognizing that Um, anxiety is a healthy and normal emotion that God gave us to experience all the time. Anxiety actually helps us be weary and sort of prepared for a dangerous situation in order to keep ourselves safe. So that anxiety that we're feeling, it's normal, it's healthy, and it's appropriate for this moment. If we weren't all a little bit anxious about this situation or worried or scared, then we might not be socially distancing in an appropriate way. We might not be taking the precautions to wash our hands when we get back from the grocery store or to be extra cautious about standing six feet away when talking to a neighbor when we go outside. So understanding that this emotion of anxiety or worry is actually a healthy normal emotion that we're supposed to be experiencing. If we didn't have this emotion of anxiety, we wouldn't be keeping ourselves safe and doing all of the precautionary measures that, God willing, are going to prevent the spread of this virus. So just to really give yourselves that understanding to say, I'm feeling really anxious, and that makes sense because this is an anxiety-producing situation, and this bit of anxiety is going to help me actually stay safe, be take precautionary measures and to stay safe. Um, Another idea when it comes to validating our emotions is that we often don't like uncomfortable feelings and we tend to actually want to avoid them. So if we start to feel an uncomfortable feeling like anxiety or we feel start to feel really angry, why is this happening? You know, this is so unfair. Why I'm so disappointed I was supposed to have certain plans for Yantiv and they're totally not working out. Um, we sometimes what we do is we want to avoid all those feelings and we sort of shut down. And to recognize that although we don't like those uncomfortable feelings, when we shut down our emotions, we become numb to our whole range of emotion. And what that means is that we lose our ability to have our positive feelings, to feel strength, to feel empowered by the situation, to possibly feel inspired by something that you heard. So to keep that in mind that although we don't like these uncomfortable feelings, to recognize that if we shut them all down and we become numb to all of our emotions, we're missing the ability to have positive emotions. So that's one idea. And I guess I want to make just a few more points in this idea of validating the fact that we are experiencing a whole fluctuation of positive and negative emotions, understanding that they make sense, understanding that we want to 
notice these negative emotions. We don't want to shut them down. And what we really want to do is we want to actually notice them, what we call without judgment, which means that if I'm feeling, I wake up one morning and I'm feeling particularly down and I think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through this day? And how am I going to continue this? And when is this even going to end? Those kinds of anxious or worrying type of thoughts. I don't want to invalidate them. I want to recognize them. I want to say these make sense. And I also want to stop and not say to myself, well, how could I be feeling stressed or anxious when so-and-so has a family member that's sick in the hospital or so-and-so has this worse than I do? That's invalidating our feelings. So again, recognizing that our feelings are normal, they make sense, And we shouldn't invalidate them by saying, well, you know, at least I have this and this going for me. No, it's okay. It's okay to really feel and be in the moment with that negative feeling. And the idea is also to recognize that when we ride out these negative feelings, they pass and eventually we feel better. These negative feelings don't last forever. So when we are feeling anxious, down, angry, disappointed, which again are all normal, healthy responses, we want to validate those emotions. We want to recognize that it's just because I feel this way this moment doesn't mean I'm going to feel this way the next moment or the next hour or the next day. It's not all or nothing. And to recognize that not judging those feelings, not saying, oh, how could I feel this way because, you know, so-and-so has it so much worse. To say, no, makes sense that I'm feeling this way and to ride through those emotions without judgment to say, this is not going to last forever. To experiencing it and realizing that it just, it actually passes on its own. We usually tend to want to just avoid it to get rid of that negative feeling, but if we stick with it without judging ourselves, validating the experience, we realize that actually it will it will pass and it won't last forever. So that's kind of idea number one that I want to talk about with regard to these anxious or scary kind of feelings that we're feeling at this time. Um, The next concept that I want to talk about, number one being validating our feelings, the second idea is um, how do we cope? Um, And I want to talk about two ideas within this category of coping. So when it comes to feeling worried or scared, there are two categories. There's number one, something that we can do. So for example, we've all been doing social distancing. We've all been taking precautionary measures to wash our hands and to be careful and to only go out when it's something essential and to stay six feet away from people. And that is a category of something, this is what I can do about this scary and unknown and unpredictable situation. And then there's a whole other category about things that I can't do. Um, There's lots in the world that's going on that I have no control over. And so when it comes to that second category, psychology and research tell us that the best way to deal with that is really not to be sitting there and going over and over it in a hamster wheel. Watching the news on endless cycles is not helpful. We want to watch the news to maybe have information but and be careful also where we're getting our information. Not everything on Facebook or WhatsApp is, is true. You want to be getting your, your, your news information from valid sources. But to be on a hamster wheel of constantly checking the information and, and having an overload of media probably isn't helpful also because there's little that we can do about 
the larger situation. And so psychology tells us that it's really good to have distractions. And probably, you know, this is not new information that I'm telling you to distract yourself. And many of us have been doing that. We've been doing that by being on social media, maybe in a positive way, connecting with friends and listening to Sheer and, and um, doing all playing games and different things that have been helping us cope by distracting ourselves from this very worrisome thing. And the second category of something that we really can't do much about. So many of us have been utilizing this coping strategy of distracting ourselves from this sort of looming unknown situation. And what's going to be different on Yentiv is that we're not going to have many of those normal distractions because a lot of the distractions that we've been using involve technology. A lot of us have been using social media platforms to connect with other people while we're all alone at home, or we use the phone to talk to people or call relatives that we haven't normally called or FaceTime or do Zoom meetings like this. And so what's going to be different is that while many of us have been using the coping strategy of distracting ourselves through lots of different things that help us not focus on what's going on out there. On Yantiv, we're going to have to come up with a whole new set of tools and strategies that don't involve technology. And so what's good now is that it's a week. It's a week out until Yantiv. And what we have to do is really think creatively about how we're going to have strategies that don't involve technology. And that means, you know, maybe going online now and ordering yourself a good book Um, games that you can play, um, whether you're alone or with um, family members to order some some games, maybe printing out if you've been going on any websites that do relaxation techniques or meditation or just even positive um, affirmations to print out some of those if you're not going to be able to get them through technology. Um, another idea that I heard last night at a wonderful sheer, which a lot of this information came from, Dr. Rachel Levine, Rachel Levine um, from the Jewish Center in Manhattan gave a wonderful sheer. It's available at ou.org. Um, and she suggested calling a family member and having them write you a letter, so or a loved one, write, write you a letter that you won't read until Yantiv, and so you can have that kind of positive message here, like some encouraging thoughts that they would share with you, and you can read that to yourself over Yantiv, so you can have that loving and, and um, kind voice in your head. Um, and, and really just being planful, thinking about, okay, I've been using all these distraction techniques so that I'm not watching the news cycle 24 hours a day, so that I can move my mind to something that's positive. And, and hopefully during the week you've been, there's so many different opportunities to, to distract yourself, to relax, to listen to good music, to get some exercise, to freshen up. If you have been exercising online or using um, you know, that medium to, to get classes, then think about how can I print this out? How can I make this available to me on Yantiv? How can I use these positive, healthy distractions so I don't get caught in this, what we call a hamster wheel of negative thoughts and, and anxious thoughts about things that I really can't control. So that is um, one of the ideas under how do I cope. And the second idea idea is to realize that, you know, one of the depressing or, or anxious or anxiety-ridden thoughts that we might have about the situation is, what, like, when's this going to be over with? Maybe I, I could deal, I did it for a week, I did it for two weeks, but now it seems like this is never ending. And the second really important concept in coping is called chunking, where instead of looking at this as never ending or, oh my gosh, is school really going to be closed until April 25th? Or, you know, are we really not going to have shul until this long? Is to look at it and 
instead of looking at it as this very large looming thing, we chunk it into smaller, more manageable things where I focus on day by day. And that's really important in general and especially when it comes to Yantiv. We don't want to look at Yantiv and say, oh my gosh, 72 hours, how am I going to deal? We want to look at it moment by moment, day by day. And the way we do that is that we take this large time and we chunk it up into smaller, more manageable periods of time. And we do that really by creating a schedule. And I imagine most people, and I hope, and if you haven't done this so far, you should really exercise this, have created a schedule for yourself. Some of us have been working online. And so if you're doing that, then you have some sort of routine where you need to get up and you need to be online and do your work. But if you have, if you don't have that schedule, or you're not working during this time, it's really important to create a schedule for yourself where you have a routine of getting up. And although it's nice sometimes to have a day in our pajamas, it is really important to take care of our hygiene and to get up and to get dressed. And on the end of, I would encourage you, we don't have these normal cues that we have to get us through the day on the end of, And especially if we're alone or we're just very few of us, we're not going to be having those regular things like going to shul and having the large meals that we were expecting. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to create that for yourself. So this idea of making a schedule and doing that schedule in a way that is unique to Yantiv. And I really encourage you to write down your schedule because it makes it more concrete. And you set a, set a time when you would normally be in shul and that's your time to daven. You want to be getting up and getting, getting dressed and putting on your Yantiv clothes because that's an important way to structure and to schedule your day. Um, have set meals. Um, during that time, you want to be able to, you know, sing the songs that you might have sang with with a neighbor. And if you don't know them, call them and ask them what those tunes were. You know, even though you may be alone by yourself or just the two of you, I would I would say invest in making a nice meal. Not don't stress yourself out over it, but do it in a way where it creates something that is special and unique for Yantiv. Um, and, and then when it comes to the rest of your day, schedule set times. And even though you might fluctuate and, and at some points feel like it doesn't really matter what I do or my meal was, you know, 10 minutes and normally I have a three-hour meal and this is so depressing. That's normal. That's okay to to feel down or to not stick to your schedule. But to create chunks of time where you might in the afternoon play a game, set aside a specific time to read, um, set a specific time to think, to think about the situation, to think about what you're gaining from it, to think about um, how you spent Yantiv in the past, positive family memories, um, think about your Seder as a childhood, um, and and of course it's important to get the fresh air that we would normally get, obviously in a way that you can get it if it means going on your porch or going on your front lawn or um, walking around the block in a way that's okay. Um, and that, again, is the second idea, that to create these cues for ourselves of how we normally would spend a yantiv day and to have that schedule. And finally, the last idea that I want to talk about is um, this idea of hope. So again, we talked about validation, allowing ourselves to feel everything that we're feeling without judging it and knowing that it will pass um, and that it's normal. Number two is practical ways to cope by making sure that we um, chunk the time and, and divide it into a, a manageable schedule and also that we have positive healthy distractions so we don't ruminate on negative or anxious kind of thoughts and this last idea of creating hope um, 
many of us, I think all of us, are having a Seder that we would not have planned for ourselves. This is not the Seder that we that we wanted to have this year. We were either anticipating way more people or we were going to be a guest at someone's house. And this is this is not what we expected. And frankly, that's that's very disappointing. And again, it's okay to feel lonely and to feel anxious and to feel angry or disappointed. Those are all feelings that I felt over the past few weeks and those are all normal, healthy emotions because it's a very unpredictable and different time that we did not expect. But what's gonna be interesting is that I don't think any of us are going to forget Pesach 2020. This is going to be a Pesach that will be memorable. And this idea that we wanna infuse hope into it is we want to ask ourselves, how do I want to, how do I want to remember this? And well, of course, it's okay to have all of these, um, you know, sometimes negative feelings. We want to say to ourselves, like, what can I do? I'm going to remember Pesach 2020 probably for the rest of my life. It's going to be one of those things that we're going to talk about in the future. And so, what do I want to do to infuse it with something special? And that idea can actually give us hope in this difficult time. Um, we might want to think to ourselves, how can I grow from this experience? Um, just little things that we probably probably have already done, and maybe we want to take time to jot this down before Yantiv so that we can think about it a little bit more. Um, but you know, we might appreciate family in a whole new dimension that we never did. And there's always, you know, jokes about family members and about um, in-laws or different things that we have um, constantly, you know, been making for ourselves. And now I think we appreciate family probably in a whole new level. Um, we might want to walk away from this place of having gratitude for some of the more simple things in life that we took for granted, um, being able to run errands in a simple way, being able to uh, have a normal routine, go out and be a part of society in a normal way, things that we never even thought about. Um, we might want to walk away from this incentive saying, I can't believe I actually did as well on my own as I thought. I, I really never made Yantiv before, or I didn't think that being alone and having a Seder, I could possibly do that. And like, whoa, I did that. So you want to be, have pride in your ability to say, I, I, I was not perfect, but I coped well with this better than I thought, maybe. Um, and the last idea is really to say, do I have the ability to walk away from this Yantiv um, with greater faith, great, more, maybe more prayer than I'm used to doing on my own. Maybe I go to shul and I'm a bystander and instead I have to take charge. Maybe at my seder I'm a bystander and I have to be more proactive um, in my faith and in my davening and that I've worked on that during this time. And this idea of thinking to ourselves, how can I grow from this situation, albeit it's very difficult and, and a trying situation, but how can I grow from this? That gives us hope during this very hard time. So again, these three ideas of validation, of coping, and of having hope for the future. So I hope that these were helpful to you. If anybody has any specific questions um, or, or comments or wants to talk about any of these ideas any further, please um, feel free to reach out to me. You can email me, it's probably the best. I, I'm not sure how quickly I can get back to everybody, but you can text me or call me or email me. My email is hmotzen um, at gmail.com. Pretty easy to remember. And many of the shul directories and um, calendars have my cell phone number that you can feel free to reach out to me. And I wish you a wonderful Yantiv. Um, it's been 
uh, validating to me to be able to say this out loud because um, I am struggling along with everybody all in our own unique situations. So thank you for the opportunity to flesh out these ideas. And I, and I hope it was helpful to you. And God willing, I look forward to seeing you all soon in person. Have a good answer. Take care. Okay. Thank you so much, Revitin. Appreciate it. So we're going to change gears right now. I'm actually going, thank you very much. I just want to review, validate, cope, and hope. Amazing. Uh, this is how I maintain my sanity. Thank you, Hindi, uh, for keeping me, uh, keeping me, keeping me good. Um, so I'm going to now change gears a little bit and share, just do a, an idea drop. I'm going to share tons of different ideas. Um, and again, I want to, I want to emphasize if you have a younger children at your Seder, uh, please join us again later tonight at 9 p.m. We're going to go all out on creativity, um, share a bunch of idea, a number of ideas that, that w you could do on your own with a family that you may be just some new ideas, some fun, exciting ideas. Even if you don't have a family, you want to have a creative Seder, that'll be tonight. Uh, so join us for that. But today I'm just going to run through a whole bunch of ideas that I think are relevant to all of us, whatever type of Seder you have. As we speak, give me one second. What I'm going to do is pull up a... Um, source sheet that I'm going to share in the chat right now. I'm share. Hold on. I'm going to put the link in the source sheet. Here we are. One second. Okay. So if you see, there's a there's a chat on the bottom of this. I'm putting a source sheet right now. Um, click on that source sheet. Okay. Do you see that all? Thumbs up. You see the source sheet? Did it show up? Awesome. Okay. Uh, click on that source sheet. Open it up, and I'm going to take advantage of the fact that you have it in front of you so that I could go really, really quickly because I have a lot of ideas that I want to share with you. Um, uh, it is not the same uh, Zoom meeting idea ID for tonight. I'll be posting it on Facebook. If you're not Facebook friends, uh, Surly Motsin, or you can go on Neret Hamid, Green Spring Valley Synagogue uh, group page, and you can get that information. They'll be posted after this class. Okay, so everyone has a source sheet. We're going to run through a couple of ideas. These are ideas that are from a whole bunch of different places. So many amazing people have shifted gears and, and been brainstorming to come up with amazing, amazing ideas of how to make these small or solo seders more meaningful. And I'm just here as a shliach. I'm just a messenger. I'm passing them on. Um, so here we go. The first I just want to echo um, is what my wife said. And we actually did this as a family yesterday. We sat down and we wrote letters to all of our family members who will not be with us at our Seder. Uh, these are people that we are going to miss, people that we, we love having with us and will not be there with us for our Seder. So the adults wrote actual letters with memories and things like that. The kids made pictures and stickers and all that, and they sent it to their family members. Uh, so we sent it to my, my gram, you know, to my grandmother and to my parents and to my wife's parents and asking them not to open it until Pesach. You should open the envelope, but not to read it until Pesach. If it's too hard to get to a mailbox right now, go ahead and send an email. Just say, please do not reprint it out, but don't don't read until Pesach. And at the Seder, to have the opportunity to read such a letter would be so powerful. Now, it could be with family. It could be with friends that you have. And ask them. You tell them, I'm going to send you something. You send me something. And that way we're communicating together during the Seder itself. Okay? So that's my favorite idea, actually. I'm just so excited about that. Uh, I put that in the mail already. And I, I'm so happy for my family to be able to hear from us at their Seder. And encourage people to send things to you. It's okay. Just say we're going to do a letter exchange, either by email or by 
real letters, remember those? Um, and just send those letters, send those messages, and that way you could communicate with one another. Another great idea, um, and many people are doing this, is right before Yom Tiv, do a family or friend call. If there's a good friend or a good family member, make a phone call, do a group call, do a group chat, do a group Zoom, um, and just get together. If you have more time and if this is appropriate for your family or for your friends, use that time to sing your favorite songs. You know, I'm sure every family has their song, um, so sing a little bit. Um, you know, if, if you're the type of family which would normally have great discussions, then again, start Yom Tiv an hour, not, don't start Yom Tiv, but an hour or two before Yom Tiv, as much time as, as you could afford. Get on that call, get on that Zoom, and either sing together, just talk together, share some, some questions together, if appropriate. If appropriate, you could even read through sections of the Haggadah together, um, especially I know there's some people who have loved ones who will not be able to really run their own Seder, so... I, I'm not going to go through all the halacha right now, but uh, if you want to read a good chunk of the center of the Seder and really some of the, your favorite songs, Manishtana, Dayenu, you could do all of that with your family and friends on Zoom or on a call before, uh, before Yom Tiv. And then once Yom Tiv starts, ideally you could repeat it. Honestly, you could skip, if you've said it before, you could skip it once you get to the Seder. So again, if you want to kind of break up your Seder, you can't eat the matzah early, you can't drink the wine early, it's not really Yom Tov, but it's a way of celebrating and participating together if that works for your family, okay? Um, let's now move on to the Seder itself, okay? So one thing, I know that a family member of mine has taken pictures, printed out pictures, or had pictures around the house, and putting it on her Seder table uh, so she could see us, so she could be close to us, even if she's not physically there. Put those family pictures, put your favorite pictures, and print out some new ones, or ask them to send you some new ones, and put them at your table of family or friends, people you love so you could feel their warmth, see their smiling faces during this time. Um, a great idea, you know, I teach uh, 11th grade at Beth Tefillah, and I actually um, asked my class, you know, we've been doing these... Uh, online sort of classes. And I asked them for some ideas and it's amazing, uh, the creativity. And one of my students sent his great idea. He said, he suggested that maybe people prepare a Seder itinerary for each other. Now this only works in certain families, but meaning if you are not with a loved one, prepare a Seder itinerary. In other words, prepare a question that they should ask during this time. Prepare a, um, a sing this song, and not, maybe not the typical song, but a different song during this time. And prepare some form of a schedule for each other and that way, there's also the element of surprise. Uh, one of the things we'll talk about tonight for a really creative Seder, it's all about um, some, ele some element of surprise and, and taking this time to maybe prepare some ideas for your friend. If you have a friend who's also alone during this time, you have a family member who's also uh, not going to be with you, prepare some things for them, and that way it's a little bit more exciting for them. Okay, let's talk about the meal for a moment. And here I want to say something in two different directions. On the one hand, simplify your meal. You know why we have good food on Yom Tiv? So you should enjoy yourself. If you are stressing out right now over preparing food, then you're making a mistake. That's not what God wants from you. Simplify. If that means matzah and cream cheese, go for it, really, okay? If you want to go a little bit more, that's fine. I will tell you, my wife asked me to share this with you. On the second night of Pesach, we are eating leftovers at the second Seder, okay? That's what we're doing, we're eating leftovers at the second Seder. Please, we all have enough stress right now. Don't add extra things that you don't need. Please simplify, simplify, simplify as much as you can. That is truly what Hashem wants from you right now. At the same time, I want to add, if 
it would be of comfort to you. And if you're someone who has the time right now, um, one of the beautiful things about emotions is that we are, emotions are impacted and activated through all of our senses. And if there is a certain family food that you love, that your mother made a certain this or a certain that, and your grandmother made this dish or that dish, or your father, whatever it may be, if appropriate, if it's not going to stress you out, maybe make that meal so that at the Seder, even though you're not there with them, food in Judaism speaks volumes. Uh, and the food is made with love. The food evokes certain emotions. So if you have the time, go ahead and get that, make that food so you could enjoy that food. Okay, we're up to number four under Solo Seder. Here's my favorites, which we may or may not do. Um, and that is, you know, in ancient times, you know, the word misubin that you'll see during the, during the Haggadah, the idea that people were reclining right? The whole notion of reclining that we kind of lean to the left. The way they were doing that was they were actually on couches. That's how they ate back then. And certainly the royalty ate on couches. Now, typically we don't have enough room at our Seder table for couches. Okay. Because how much room do you have at your Seder table? But guess what? This year, we all have a lot of room at our Seder table. So I am super excited to be pulling my couches over and to be reclining on my couch this year. Go for it. Uh, my wife, the Shah Tova is nine months pregnant. She will not be lying down on a couch because it'll be get very hard to get up. But for the rest of us, go ahead and recline if you're comfortable with that. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. Enjoy the reclining. It's going to be messy. Who cares? No one's going to see you. So enjoy. Have a good time. Make this a memorable Seder. Okay. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that especially if you're on your own, it may be hard and a little burdensome to read through the whole Haggadah. Now, we typically try to read through the whole Haggadah. There's a reason the liturgy uh, was written that way. That said, you don't have to read through the whole thing. If you really want uh, more of a halachic analysis of what you, the ideal things to really say, uh, you could search. Uh, uh, last night I gave a class on this, a 10-minute class, very, very short class on what the minimalist uh, text of the Haggadah. And this is true if you're on your own. This is true if you have young children who you're struggling to engage. Whatever the case may be, the Haggadah is meant to be a guide. We strive to say the whole thing, but don't stress yourself out over it. It's meant to be an engaging text. And if you're finding yourself not engaged, take the 10 minutes now. If you want to do it in the most ideal fashion, uh, listen to um, listen to what the halachic bare bones of this would be. You can find it again, Spotify, iTunes, um, and just min- minimize the text that you're going to be saying during the Haggadah during the Seder. Um, additionally, especially if you're on your own, as my wife said, go get a great book right now. It doesn't have to be Jewish, okay? Get a great book that's going to be meaningful, that speaks to you, that elevates you spiritually, um, that speaks to the notion of freedom. You know, one of my favorite books, um, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. If you haven't read it, or if you have read it, you could re- that's one of the few books you could read a hundred times, and it will be so incredibly meaningful. Um, you go order that book right now. Uh, you should still, we just got a book in the mail they're still mailing books, thank God, at least uh, where we are. Um, so go ahead and get yourself a great book that you want to read at the Seder. Make it a meaningful night. And if that's meaningful to you to read a book, cool, do that. If you have a small group, reading a book is going to be a little antisocial, so that might not be the right thing to do. But what you could do is spend the time right now and get some short articles uh, that speak to you. Um, There's so many wonderful things being written right now. If there was an article that spoke to you, don't share it with your friend that you're sharing your Seder with or your spouse or whatever. Print it out and bring it to the Seder and share it then. A short article that you could read, that you could discuss, and don't worry about all the text of the Haggadah. The point is to 
experience freedom, okay? Um, here we go. A little bit further on the Seder night, um, and that is that it is a leil, it is a night of emuna. The most important piece is faith. And the building blocks, the most important ingredient to experience faith is by experiencing vulnerability. Vulnerability is not an emotion, not a, a state that we're comfortable with. But if there's any night that we are already going to feel vulnerable, we're not with the people we love. We're not where we want to be right now. And so we already feel vulnerable. Embrace that vulnerability and feel it even more. Feel it even more. First of all, just experience it. But more than that, if you want, with a friend, with a spouse, by yourself, speak out loud. We all talk to ourselves. Let's be honest right now, right? We all talk to ourselves. Say it out loud. If there are questions that are on your mind, questions about the Haggadah, questions about life, questions about God, verbalize them. Make yourself vulnerable on this night. It's a night to feel God's embrace. And when you feel embraced, you feel a little bit more capable, a little bit more strength to feel vulnerable. And so take advantage of the special night and ask questions. Grow. Allow yourself to be as vulnerable as you normally perhaps hide yourself from, it's a night to feel that vulnerability again with someone else asking any type of questions. If there's something you never knew, this is a night. Just get it all out there. Share that question again about yourself with someone else. That would be a wonderful thing to do on this night. The last thing about the Seder, and then we'll talk about some other pieces, um, is experiencing freedom. You know, my Seder, I have two Seder, usually on a regular year. I have a Seder with just my family on the first night, and then the next night we have it with all of Ner Tamid, whoever wants to join us. We have a hundred and 20 or so people come and join us. Um, it's pretty hectic, especially with four kids bouncing off the walls, um, you know, and it's a pretty hectic night. But I try very, very hard before the Seder to have one thing that in the back of my mind I am working on. Because it, we're supposed to be experiencing that freedom. And of course, we all know that the freedom is not just history, but it's an experience of freedom. And for each of us, that means something totally different. We all have different demons that we're struggling with. We all have things that we, we, we love to break free from, and, and we're stuck in a different way. I take a moment before the Seder and just plant that in my head. Plant that in my head that it's in front of me. And throughout the Seder, I try when I'm saying Kiddush, when I'm singing a song, to revisit that, just to think about it. So you could be participating, interacting with others, but make it real for yourself. And that is true to this year. That's true every year. What is it that you want to become free from? Think about that. Put that at the forefront of your mind and allow that to impact you on a very personal, true, uh, subjective level. And just don't keep on bringing that back to you as much as possible. That's your, your background meditation that you should be going back to whenever your mind allows itself, whenever you're not being called upon to do something else, bring yourself back to that. And, 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 and I find my Seder to be so much more uplifting. You know, as I say Kiddush, as I say Halal, and I think about this idea. And as I, as I sing Chasal Seder Pesach, and I ask God for, for, for Mashiach, and I ask God for change, and having that idea in the back or the forefront of my mind just impacts the way I experience all of those things. Okay, here are a couple of other very important ideas that I want to share with you, um, and that is this. This is true for right now. I, you know, many of us feel um, like, like we don't normally feel. Many of us are, are perhaps taking when we wouldn't or normally take, you know, whether we have family or friends shopping for us. And I've spoken to so many people say, I don't like people helping me. I, I'm the giver. I'm the one who normally helps. And right now people are helping me. It feels so it feels hard. Many of us struggle with receiving gifts. Many of us struggle with receiving help from other people. That's a natural, healthy feeling. And one way to deal with it is to, at the same time, be a giver. Be a giver right now. So what does that mean to be a giver? 
A couple of ideas. A couple of ideas. We are going to be taking right now. We're going to be taking love from our friends. We're going to be taking support from those who love us. But we are also going to try to the best of our ability to be givers. And one possible idea, and I checked in with, uh, with the head of public health of one of, the, one of the local hospitals over here, and that is make some food for someone that you love and again, in the legal way, you know, when you go for a walk today or tomorrow or before Pesach, drop off some food. Give them something. Give them something that they could enjoy at their Seder. Again, uh, use, a, use a disposable tin or something of that nature. But my, the, the doctors have informed me, that, that at least according to their uh, perspective, that that is relatively safe. Uh, make something for someone else so you're able to give something to someone that they could enjoy at their Seder. Okay, And that way we're giving, even though we are going to be receiving right now, but become a giver. Become a giver. Another way to do so if that's not practical or in addition, give tzedakah right now. You know, I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in Baltimore. Um, I don't know where many of you are calling from different places, but, but you know, we have an initiative over here. Avas Yisrael is collecting uh, to be able to support people specifically during Pesach. Sponsor families Pesach through your local community cha- charity. You know, they're giving these, they have these boxes of, a, of, of Pesach, $150 uh, for a whole Pesach for one or two people. Give whatever's appropriate for you right now. I know we all feel the pinch right now, whether many of people have lost jobs, many people are afraid of what's going to be, whatever is appropriate for you to give, but give right now. Know that you are sponsoring someone else's Pesach. So yes, we may be taking, but know and think about that during your Seder, someone out there is able to enjoy their Seder because of me. I have given to someone. I have helped someone during this time. And I hope that gives you some comfort, even though we are going to be taking. Okay, this is my favorite piece. And again, I spoke to doctors about this. I spoke to someone who was in contact with the governor's office. Again, I'm speaking of Maryland. You have to know about your own location. But if possible, if you have a friend, loved one on your block, someone really nearby, set up a prearranged time to go to their window and visit with them. Okay, at one time during your Seder, schedule with them. At 10 o'clock, I'm going to knock on your window. It's not a robber, it's me. I'm knocking on your window. Please come to your window. Open your window. I'm going to stand six feet away and we're going to sing a little bit. We're going to sing Dayenu. I'm going to have my children say Manishtana. We're going to schmooze, share Dvar Torah if appropriate, whatever it may be, but for just a few minutes, five minutes, five minutes, again, six feet away, from the window, we really, really, it's so important that we keep that social distancing right now. But from a distance, we're able to visit someone who is on their own or really lonely right now. Set something up. Reach out to someone. If you need a visit, reach out to someone. Let them know. Yes, it's hard to take, but we're also going to be givers during this time. So set up a time that you could go ahead and connect to someone who is on their own and visit with them for five minutes during your Seder. And again, if you are on your own, reach out to a friend who lives in the area and tell them, tell them, I know it's not going to be easy, but tell them you'd love to see them. Can you come by for five minutes and come to my window? It would mean so much to me. Again, I'm speaking in Maryland. If that's appropriate wherever you are on this call, then please do the same. Um, another idea, something we're going to be doing at our Seder, and I invite you to do the same, is that we have many people that we love who would normally be with us for our Seder. At our second night, we normally celebrate with our whole community. Um, so it's going to be very challenging for all of us. And one thing that I'm go- we're going to be doing, and I invite you to do the same, is to set one table setting, one chair, one table setting, and leave it empty. And leave it empty. And we will see that empty setting, and we'll all be thinking of each other. We'll be thinking of our loved ones. We'll be thinking about our friends. We'll be thinking about all the people who are having lonely sadarim 
knowing that they're not alone, knowing that we're thinking about them every moment. Every moment during our Seder, we are going to be thinking about you. So you may be feeling very lonely, but I want you to know that I and all of us are, who are going to participate in doing so will be thinking about each other, will be sending love, and will be at least having each other in our thoughts as we um, look at that one setting at our Seder table. Another thing that I invite you to do, and we'll be doing, and actually we're about to kick off an initiative, um, which I'll be talking to you about in a moment, is that we are going to pray together. Actually, there's a typo over here. I'm going to fix it. But at 9.30, not 9 o'clock, at 9.30, I invite you to take a very short break from your Seder. Okay, I'll tell you one thing that it's been a very busy time. I mentioned to people in our shul, you know, my regular uh, studying uh, that I normally do on a daily basis, I, I simply can't keep up with right now. It's, it's simply been too hectic. Uh, but one thing that has given me so much comfort during this time is saying to Hillim on a daily basis, okay? Turning to God a little bit in a bit of a unique fashion. I don't normally say to Hillim on a normal basis, but been doing so and it has been so incredibly comforting feeling that closeness to God. So one thing we are all going to do and I invite you to join me is at 9.30, at 9.30, Seder night, whatever you're up to, close the Haggadah for a moment, take a sitter out and say or sing Mizmar Ledavid, the 23rd chapter, Mizmar Ledavid, Hashem Roi, Lo Echsa, right? Um, we all know that chapter. It's in Tehillim. It's the 23rd chapter. Say it. Sing it. Sing it by yourself. Sing it with others. Whatever it may be, we'll say or sing Achinu because we'll be thinking about each other. And although we won't be together, we'll know that at that precise moment, all of us will be turning to God together and once again, thinking about each other. We all share a father and he's watching us and he's connecting all of us together at this time. And so I invite you to join me again. It says nine o'clock. It's a mistake. I'll change it in a moment. Uh, but at 9.30 to dive in together, to pray together, uh, wherever you're up to in your Seder and we will connect through our shared father. Okay. Now what I'm going to do is run through a couple of prompts. These are things for you to think about if you're on your own or things to discuss if you're with someone else during the Seder. These are just ideas and feel free to add all of your own ideas, but a couple of things that you could think about or discuss with whomever you or you're sitting with, um, and we'll talk more about this tonight at 9 p.m. Um, about some of these thought-provoking questions, but here we go. At Kaddish, when we make Kiddush, one of the words, Kiddush, holy, 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 as my, my wife says, that's a rabbi word. That's a word no one really knows what it means. It's one of those things like a tabernacle, right? Who knows, like, what, what does that mean to be holy? Um, so think about it. What does it mean to you to be holy? Are you holy? What does holiness mean in your life? Think about it. Discuss it. Orchats. Um, Orchats and all, there's been many jokes and memes sent around about all the extra hand washing that's taking place during this year. So it's a time that we are all going to be, uh, I'm going to try to avoid thinking about coronavirus during my Seder, but when I wash my hands, I, I, it's inescapable because that's what we've been doing. Our hands are all chapped. Um, we've been washing our hands so much. So while you wash those hands, think about, it. has there been anything positive with all of this craziness and there's been a lot of tragedy and we're not going to belittle that but is there anything that we could take anything positive that we could reflect upon while we wash our hands okay karpas as you dip that vegetable into salt water we know the salt water is supposed to represent the tears of the jewish people as my wife mentioned earlier it's important to embrace all of our emotions if we don't embrace our sad emotions we'll never be able to embrace our happy emotions so don't fight them and at that moment when you dip the food into salt water ask yourself Think about what is it that I am sad about? What is it that is bringing tears to my eyes, even if I can't necessarily allow them to come out? If they're in my mind, reflect upon it. Don't run away from it. 
recognize that there are things in our life today that perhaps bring tears to our eyes. As we say the words called dichfin, um, which is our, we, we, it's our invitation to everyone. Those are the most tragic words that we're going to say at our Seder this year. Because what we say then is, whoever needs a Seder, come and join us. And... We, we, we can't. We can't do that this year. It's, it's almost a, it, it's a farce in some ways to say those words, and it's very, very painful to say those words. But I want you to take a moment while you say those words and ask yourself, when we're able, when we're able, who will I be inviting into my home? Who will I be inviting into my house? Because we're all recognizing right now how much we need each other, how much we miss each other. So take that moment when we say words that we cannot fulfill right now, and we will say and think, who are we going to invite in? And I want to add something. Uh, I don't know if my mother's on this. Uh, my mother, one of my inspirations and heroes, she um, is, is single, and she goes ahead and invites people to her house for meals. You know, and that seem, people see that as very strange. Only couples can have people for meals. No. Um, if, if you want to have relationships, it needs to be reciprocal. Don't worry. Don't worry about the fact that it may be atypical. We're all atypical. It doesn't matter what your family uh, life is, whatever it may be. Invite people over. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed in any way, heaven forbid. And when this is all over, invite people into your home. Invite more people than you've done before. And I want us all to think about that as we say um, those words in the Haggadah. Okay. Another idea during Magid, and again, um, feel free to, to skip things, not skip things. But during Magid, you know, Magid is all about Haggadah. It's about saying a story. And one thing to think about is, what is your story? What is your story? You know, I was speaking to a colleague of mine yesterday. He said, you know what he did last year at a Seder? He told his kids who, why they were named after the people they were named after. Do you know why you're named after the people that you're named after? Do you know about their lives? Can you spend the next few days finding out? Can you spend some time at the Seder thinking about that? Thinking in what way you are similar to them? In what way you're different? That may be impossible. Uh, to find out, but ask around if there are some older relatives, if there's someone out there that could tell you a little bit about who you're named after. Think about your story. You are writing a story right now, and as my wife mentioned, this is going to be a very memorable chapter, one with great difficulty, but think about their stories, and perhaps think about the difficulties that they went through, the ups and the downs, and the ups and the downs. No life is linear. No life is just simply a straight path. All of our lives are, are essentially a roller coaster of sorts. Think about those who came before us. Think about our own story during the Magid section. Uh, we spoke about Shulchan Arach. We spoke about the foods you want to prepare. While you're eating your foods, think about some favorite foods that you had growing up uh, that perhaps evoke great memories. Again, the senses allow us to experience emotions. Um, during Hallel, especially if you're on your own and if you're shy about singing in, in the past, don't be shy. No one can hear you. If your neighbor starts, uh, you know, putting the broom up, then maybe stop. But until then, sing on top of your lungs. Sing your favorite Jewish songs. Don't worry about just singing Hallel. Sing whatever you like singing. It's a time to sing and sing away. And the last part of the Seder, again, I'm skipping around, is Nirza. Nirza of Cook points out there's no directive. You know, all the other sections, Magid says you should go and say the story. Orchatz means wash your hands. Nirza is actually a reflection. We are being told that God has accepted our service, our Seder. That's what Nirza is. All those songs, Chagadya, who knows one, all of that is really just meant to paint a picture for us knowing that God has accepted our Seder. And I know for many of us, For many of us, it's going to be very hard 
to think and believe that, to think that my measly Seder by myself, and I don't really know what I'm doing, and I don't really know about this, and I'm not sure if this is the right way, and we're, and I'm going to be reading a book during part of my Seder. Is this really nirtzah? Is this really something that God accepted? And the answer is yes. We all have that same Haggadah that says nirtzah at the end. And what that means is that no matter what your Seder looks like or doesn't look like, God is accepting it. And God loves you. And that's something that we need to finish our evening with, to think about and to recognize how true that is. Embrace that emotion. We're going to be embracing some difficult emotions during Seder and during Pesach, but embrace that positive emotion as well. It is true. Nirza, whatever you have done, if you've tried your best, God is accepting it. God truly loves you. And I want to share with you one story before we finish this session. And that is a story that I heard when I was in yeshiva, in yeshiva Karen Biyavna, a Hester yeshiva in Israel. And I remember rece- hearing a talk by someone who served in the Yom Kippur War in 1973. And he was sharing the following that happened with him. He was, a, he was in the reserve. He, was a, he, was a, he wasn't um, in active duty. And it, whatever the scenario was, he was actually given a choice Yom Kippur morning. He was told he has two choices. He could go and stay with his yeshiva where he was at and be with them for all of Yom Kippur, for the prayers, for davening. He could stay there or, or he could go to the front line and be on his own and have a Yom Kippur that would be radically different than any Yom Kippur he ever experienced. He would be forced to eat. He'd be forced to drink. He'd be forced to be Mechal Shabbos and Yom Kippur. He'd be forced to, to desecrate and not be able to fulfill the holiday properly. And he was stuck. What should I do? What should I do? And so he turned to his teacher, to his Rebbe. And his Rebbe told him, you know, on Yom Kippur, there is a drama that unfolds at the base of Migdash, at the temple. And at the temple, every single Jew is gathered there. The entirety of the Jewish nation is gathered in the Azara in the courtyard. And they're all watching the Kohen Gadol in his beautiful clothing go through the Avod and they're all standing there crammed together as one. And they're singing, and they're saying Baruch Shem Kivod and they're bowing together and doing everything together. That's where it's at on Yom Kippur. But there's one person who's not there. There's one person who is not there. He is known as the Ish Iti. The Ish Iti. And his job is to take that one goat and bring it up to that cliff and there's a whole service, the goat that gets thrown the Azazel. It's an imperative and crucial part of Yom Kippur. If the Ishiti, that's what he's known as, if this individual who is typically an elderly individual, if he would say, well, you know, I want to be with everyone else right now. I want to be where the party's at. I want to be with my friends, with my family. And he wouldn't go and take that goat. All of the avoda, all of the service of the, of the, of the Kohen Gadol would be for naught. It would be meaningless. It is crucial. It is necessary for that man to go ahead and fulfill his duty, even though that means he is going to be on his own. It's what God needs. It's what God wants from us. And that's what his Rebbe told him. And he chose to not be with his friends, to not be with his family, and to have a radically different Yom Kippur to serve God in a very different way, all alone, but doing exactly what God wanted from him. Now, I know there are many people who are going to be having Yom Kippur on their own, and it truly breaks my heart. There are people who are going to have a Yom Kippur away from their loved ones, and it's heartbreaking. It's truly heartbreaking. But like the Ish Iti, and like that soldier, this is what God wants from you. 
This is our avoda. This is our service in doing this, in being on our own right now, in saving lives, in saving our own life and the lives of our community. This, this is our Pesach Seder. This is exactly what God wants from us. He created a Seder for us. This is our Seder. This is what we're supposed to do this year. And so please know that you are fulfilling God's will. You are having the most beautiful, most precious Seder by staying home, by being by yourself. It may not look like your typical Seder, but I promise you this is exactly what God wants from all of us this year. I want to share with you and ask of you a favor. On that source sheet that I sent you, there is a link. There's a campaign flyer. And on that campaign, you can click on that link, click on that link, you should be able to open up to a PDF. You are the first people to see this PDF. It is a PDF, it is a flyer, um, sharing with other people, sharing with other people about Sadarim that are going to be alone and how we're going to connect during this time. It's summarizing some of the ideas that we discussed together and we are going to share these messages, these ideas with other people so that we will not be alone. We're all feeling alone on some level and we will be able to be connected by communicating together some of the ideas we spoke about, by sharing together some of the ideas we spoke about, by so to speak sitting together and leaving that empty seat and by praying together at 9.30, sharing together in prayer. So we are going to join together. Please share this, email it. It's going to be up on Facebook in just a few moments. Share it with your friends. Share it with your loved ones. Let's be so incredibly close this Pesach and L'shana Habab Yerushalayim. Next year, we should be in Jerusalem together, celebrating together, dancing together with the Beis Migdash, with the Temple. And I truly, truly look forward to seeing all of you in person, God willing, Bikarov, but God willing, so incredibly soon. Have a wonderful, enjoyable, healthy, happy Happy, happy, enjoyable Pesach. And again, for those of you who'd like, there's a nine o'clock class tonight. The link will be shared on Facebook. Thank you all for joining. Have a wonderful, wonderful Pesach. Take care. Be well. Thank you.